I'm your host, Dave, and welcome to the Fairball Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome to episode number three of the Fairball Podcast. We have two whole games to cover in today's podcast. One from Wednesday, the 7.05 game, and that was game three versus the Brewers. And then we have game four, which was at 1.05 p.m. Eastern yesterday uh, versus the Brewers as well, and that was game four. And so game four was really good, but we're going to get into that after game three. And so let's recap game number three, starting with the starters from yesterday in Chase Anderson and Freddie Peralta. Of course, most favoring Freddie Peralta because of Chase Anderson's start against the Rockies, where he didn't exactly do too well, hasn't been able to work really deep into ballgames, and Freddie Peralta off to a pretty solid start for the Brew Crew this season. And so let's get started in the bottom of the first inning with runners on first and second. Reese Hoskins took a fastball to right center, putting the Phillies up one to nothing over Milwaukee. And then with the bases loaded in the very same inning, D.D. Gregorius to the plate, and he crushed a slider into the right field seats, and that is a grand salami, folks, and that would put the Philadelphia Phillies up 5-zip over the Milwaukee Brewers. And so Peralta not looking very good in the first inning, but he did settle in, pitching a total of four innings, allowing four hits, five earned runs, three walks, and had eight punchies. And so that was the final line for Freddy Peralta in the game, uh, probably his worst start of the season. And so fast forward to the top of the third inning, Avisel Garcia singles to center field, bringing in Lorenzo Cain. And so the score then, 5-1, Philly still leading. And so a little nugget of the game, Daniel Vogelbach tried to come home as well after Lorenzo Cain on the single, and he is called safe under Real Muto's tag. But the Phillies challenged it, and he was then ruled out on the tag, uh, which keeps the score 5-1 Phillies. Going to the top of the fifth, Brewers' Tyrone Taylor hit a solo shot to center field, and the Phillies would still lead 5-2 over Milwaukee at that point. And then Chase Anderson was taken out in the fourth inning. Uh, the final pitching line for Chase Anderson, four and a third, four hits, three earned, four walks, and two strikeouts. So not exactly the most solid start for Chase Anderson. Uh, Jojo Romero then entered the game with two outs in the inning. And Avisel Garcia singled to center field, where both Lorenzo Cain and Daniel Vogelbach successfully scored. Uh, I know Daniel Vogelbach didn't score in that uh, little nugget of the game that I had, and so I had to say successfully, of course. But um, the Phillies at that point would still lead by a narrow lead of 5-4 to four over Milwaukee. And so JoJo would be taken out, only pitching a third of an inning, allowing two hits and one earned. And so before Game 4... He was put on the 10-day IL with a left elbow sprain, and the Phillies called up Ranger Suarez from AAA. And so JoJo ended up being pulled for Brandon Kinsler, who had to come in and limit the damage. And so the bullpen did quite well after JoJo Romero with Brandon Kinsler, Matt Moore, Aniel De Los Santos, and Jose Alvarado. They were all solid, pitching a total four and a third innings, 
allowing only two hits, no earned runs, allowing two walks, and punching out five batters. And so I guess we could say that it is another game of bullpen heroics for the Phillies as they go on to win another nail-biter 5-4 to four, to take the third game of the series versus Milwaukee. And so this would put the Phillies at 16-15 and 15 on the season, while Milwaukee falls to 17-14 and 14 on the season. Brandon Kinsler with the win, he is now 2-1, and one. and Freddie Peralta for the Brewers taking the loss, he is now 3-1, and one. and Jose Alvarado getting his second save on the season. And so moving on to Game 2, the 1.05 p.m. Eastern Time start for the Phillies yesterday uh, was the final game of the series against the Brewers, where Zach Wheeler faced Brandon Woodruff. And now before we get into the game, I think everybody who knows baseball or the Phillies even knew that this was going to be a spectacular low-scoring affair. And so fast forward to the bottom of the first inning, Brandon Woodruff started off his outing with two straight walks and could not get command of any of his pitches, at least seemingly, but settled in soon after getting out of a jam in the first with McCutcheon and Miller on base. And so both pitchers were dealing thereafter, only allowing a combined seven hits and striking out 19 batters. And Wheeler had eight of those strikeouts while Woodruff had 11. Both pitchers, just real quick, uh, really had good stuff yesterday. Uh, Both had really good fastballs, great off-speed stuff. Uh, Both had really good command of the zone. Of course, um, the exception is Woodruff in that first inning walking two batters. But like I said, thereafter, they really settled in. But someone soon enough had to give in. And Woodruff's pitch count was driven up with the help of who but Zach Wheeler fouling off a ton of pitches in the at-bats that he had versus Woodruff. And so he went 0 for 3 with three punchies, which doesn't exactly look great on paper, but he really did give Woodruff some fits, fouling off a ton of pitches, whether it was a fastball or whether it was off-speed. Wheeler did a tremendous job helping the Phillies drive out Woodruff from the game. But he had good at-bats overall, and with the Phillies, uh, they had pretty good at-bats failing off some pitches. Of course, Woodruff with the 11 strikeouts uh, doesn't seem too nice, of course, but uh, overall, they were able to get Woodruff out after six and two-thirds, so it really helps being able to get to the bullpen when you have a guy like Brandon Woodruff, which you know throws gas and can throw really good all-speed with command, um, but With the stuff he has, it's understandable on why Zach was set down on strikes three times. And so, really, in the game, Andrew McCutcheon, Reese Hoskins, Alec Bohm, and Odubel Herrera were the only players on the Philly side that actually got hits in yesterday's contest. And so, that's not exactly good to hear, but uh, I guess we'll make an exception since Brandon Woodruff is, of course, a great pitcher. Um, But that brings us to the bottom of the seventh, where Woodruff was just eclipsing 100 pitches, and Bohm was at the plate, where he got a fastball inside and drove it deep into the opposite field for a solo home run, and that would put the Phillies up one zip over the Milwaukee Brewers. Talk about finally scoring a run in yesterday's contest. And then Woodruff was pulled from the game, and he left with a pitching line of six and two-thirds, Two hits, one earned run, two walks, and 11 strikeouts. And so fast forward to the bottom of the eighth inning. Reese Hoskins to the plate with McCutcheon and Miller on, and he rips a double down the left field line, bringing in Andrew McCutcheon. And this would put the Phillies up two zip over Milwaukee. 
And so, going to the top of the ninth, Wheeler goes back out for the ninth after throwing over 100 pitches in the outing thus far. And he gets the first out on a Brian McKinney liner to left field. And Lorenzo Cain and Avisel Garcia follow up with two singles, putting them on first and second with only one out. So, of course, in a little bit of a jam is Zach Wheeler. But Colton Wong, fortunately, flew out to left fielder Andrew McCutcheon, and then comes up the hefty hitter in Daniel Vogelbach. And so, of course, fans shaking in their seats as well as I, and Wheeler delivered a slider for the first pitch, which got popped up in foul territory for Reese Hoskins, and that would be the ballgame. The Phillies win 2-zip over the Brewers in a spectacular complete game shutout by Zach Wheeler. And so this would put the Phillies at 17 and 15. First in the National League East, one game over the stinking Mets. And the Brewers would sit at 17 and 15, second in the National League Central, one game behind the Cardinals. And I thought it was interesting because the Brewers were doing very, very well up to that point. And the Phillies, well, coming out of the series, they now match their records. Uh, the Phillies and the Brewers at 17 and 15. So it's it's kind of surprising, especially um, with, well, I-, I expected for the Phillies to lose three of four or at least split the series with the Brewers. But you know what? We'll take a complete series sweep from the Brewers. I'm feeling pretty good about it right now. I'm riding my high right now. I've been riding my high since yesterday. Um, but anyway, Wheeler came out with the win. 3-2 on the season with a 2.83 ERA. And Woodruff, unfortunately, took the loss after a spectacular performance. Uh, he is now 2-1 with a 1.73 ERA. And so the player of the game, of course, is Zach Wheeler. Uh, pitching nine innings, only allowing three hits, no walks, and eight strikeouts. And so the fastball-slider-curveball combination was on in yesterday's outing, and everything had great movement, and the location was next to Masterful. Uh, Zach was able to get the fastball on the in and outside part of the plate. Uh, The slider was kind of his secondary pitch yesterday, and he was able to bust it in on lefties and throw it on the outside part of the plate as well. So it was just a really great performance by Zach Wheeler. Hopefully um, we can expect more of this. Of course, nobody's perfect every time around, but Zach Wheeler... Of course, we'll suck it up uh, for this start at the least. And so, like I said, Brandon Woodruff did not deserve the loss in yesterday's contest. He pitched very well, but he just got edged out by an Alec Bohm home run and some deeper counts. Thanks to who other than Zach Wheeler, of course. Um, But anyway, some player notes. Didi Gregorius, his hit streak ended in yesterday's game. He had a four-game hit streak going, uh, and it unfortunately collapsed. But... Uh, Alec Bohm, he seems to be warming up after the contest yesterday with that solo shot. And in the month of May, he has a 273 average with a 545 slugging percentage. So the numbers are looking good. Hopefully Alec's able to come around. He seems to be making some more solid contact with the ball. And being able to drive an inside pitch to the opposite field is a very good sign for a good bat like Alec Bohm. And then let's not forget about Reese Hoskins. He made a lot of hard contact in the series. And to me, that means that he did well. Of course, uh, sometimes it just gets unfortunate that, uh, you know, the ball gets snagged out of thin air. Um, But look for him to be a key player in the next series versus the Atlanta Braves. And in May so far, Reese is hitting 300, 364, 400, 
And so look for him to hit a home run because he is 10 games removed from his last home run, which was his two homer game versus the St. Louis Cardinals on April the 26th. It would turn out to be a conservative game overall for the Phillies as they look to head to Atlanta with a rested bullpen. Thank you to Zach Wheeler. Um, but turning our heads to the news around the league, according to Mark Feinsand on Twitter at Feinsand, Albert Pujols was designated for assignment by the Angels. And so this inevitably leads to his release, which begs the question, where will he go? A lot of people are thinking about Southside Chicago as an option being that Luis Robert is going to miss a significant amount of time due to, I believe it is a hip flexor strain. Um, but let's talk about some landing spots other than Southside Chicago for Albert Pujols. And so to start it off, uh, I was looking at the Boston Red Sox. Of course, they have Bobby Dalbeck and Marwin Gonzalez, uh, who look to share some time at the position. Uh, I, I was thinking possibly move Marwin over to second, given his hot start to May, and use Albert Pujols over at first occasionally with Dalbeck. And personally, I would love to see him hit shots over the Green Monster in left field. That is one of the main reasons that I picked Boston as a landing spot. Um, but moving on, I was thinking about the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, the designated hitter spot seems to be one that needs some help with the lack of offensive production. According to MLB.com's depth chart, uh, Pujols would likely be able to supply some much-needed power to the spot in the lineup and could see a significant amount of time there based on his performance at Camden Yards. And then moving on to the Detroit Tigers, I don't think this move is likely, but it's worth a shot. Uh, Miguel Cabrera has been struggling mightily with the bat, and having Pujols alongside Nomar Mazzara could spark some thump on that bench or occasionally in the designated hitter spot. And so lastly, let's just flip the Reds in there real quick. Uh, since some news came up about Joey Votto on the Cincinnati Reds, he has a fractured thumb after getting hit by a pitch from Dallas Keuchel. So that first base spot seems to be open. Maybe Albert Pujols can slide in there. So uh, that, that would be kind of interesting, you know, uh, Pujols on the Reds. And so, you know, let's see it. Why not? But anyway, moving on to the injury front around Major League Baseball, the Minnesota Twins' Byron Buxton has a hip strain and uh, I don't think it's really clear on how long he'll exactly be out. Um, considering Luis Robert is going to be out for a significant amount of time, things do not look too good for Byron Buxton, but I guess it really depends on the severity of the hip strain for Byron. Um, also, the hot hitter in Alex Kirloff has a right wrist sprain. So two big hitters out of the lineup, two hot hitters at that. And then on top of that, just the cherry on top for the Twins, Luis Arias. Uh, was having some concussion symptoms, and so he's going to be going to the IL for the Twins. And so, not looking good. Not looking good at all. Of course, having three big hitters in that lineup, uh, not being able to be there and being on the IL is going to cost the Twins some wins, or at least you would think. Um, but moving on to the New York Mets, the stinking Mets. Carlos Carrasco faced a setback on the IL and it was hamstring related. Uh, I guess really uh, it was just that he didn't feel too well with the hamstring uh, in some recent uh, workouts. But uh, Jacob DeGrom, he seems to be making progress uh, looking to only miss one start, uh, which I believe was against the St. Louis Cardinals uh, with that right 
lat soreness. So hopefully he can make it back for the Mets and be able to make some starts. Always love to see Jacob DeGrom out there wheeling and dealing, except against the Phillies. Um, but Brandon Nimmo, he was put on the IL due to a bone bruise. Uh, supposedly it hurts when he swings the bat, which is understandable. So not sure how long Nimmo is going to be out. Um, but moving on to the Phillies, Bryce Harper seems to be making progress towards a return. And Gene Segura looking to do the same. He looks to be able to start the series with the club against the Atlanta Braves. And so that's always good to hear Genie coming back. And of course, that brings up the whole Nick Maton a center field discussion. But we'll see what happens. It'll be really interesting uh, if they sit Maton for a few games since he's been pretty much an everyday player for the Phillies or what they're going to do. Um, but besides Bryce Harper and Gene Segura, Matt Joyce... Uh, seems to have a right calf injury. Not clear on how long he's going to be out, but Roman Quinn, I'm really hoping that he makes a return soon because this outfield needs some help. Right now, it just doesn't matter what kind of help we get as long as we get some help. Of course, the outfield continues to become ever more shallow, so Quinn coming back would be amazing. And on top of that, Quinn wasn't doing too bad with the bat either. As I mentioned in some previous episodes right here on the podcast. So if you would like, go check them out as well. And so looking ahead to tonight's game, the Philadelphia Phillies are playing at the Atlanta Braves at 7.20 p.m. Eastern time. And so the Braves are coming off of a three-game sweep of the Washington Nationals at their home ballpark. And so the Braves seeming to play good away and uh, at home. I don't know. It might be the same. We'll see how exactly the Braves handle the Phillies They're at their home ballpark, of course, the Phillies, uh, you know, not being able to do so well against the Braves. And so hopefully the Phillies can go in with that four game sweep of the Brew Crew, who was leading the National League Central to start off the series. And hopefully the Phillies can win the series versus the Braves, which would be really big and would still it, it would just create separation in that National League East. But you can listen on 94WIP or WTTM1680 in Espanol, of course. And you can watch the game on Cozy TV. I know, pretty different. You're not used to Cozy TV. Well, neither am I. But uh, it will be on Cozy TV tonight or Telezitos. So you can catch it on either of those channels. Telezitos, I'm pretty sure, is in Espanol as well. Um, but now some good news for the podcast. We are available on five different platforms, Anchor and Spotify being two of the ones that I've mentioned previously, but now we are available on Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. And there are, of course, more to come. But as always, thank you so much for listening to the Fairball Podcast. If you like it, then make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Fairball Pod. And let me know the topics you would like to hear on future episodes of the podcast as well. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. This has been your host, Dave, with the Fairball Podcast. 